you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth happy friday everyone fridays are my favorite time to broadcast because here at affordable interior design the phones are a little bit slower The pace is a little bit slower, everybody's got their eye on the weekend, and so it's just a more casual vibe. I look more casual. I do try and comb my hair, but um, but I'm suffice, um, oh excuse me, I am content to just put on chapstick, cuddle up in my warm and cozy storefront, and talk to you guys. Um, so let's get started. Um here in Westchester. It's sleeting. It's just a minute away from snow. Tis the season for colds and for cold outside. My poor son is um, sick in the bed behind me. Uh, He's sleeping off a little winter cold. And other than that, things are rolling right along. And I'm so glad that you're joining me here today. You know, I love getting questions from you guys, and that's what I'm going to dive into because a ton of questions have been arriving this holiday season. So please feel free to send them to Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. Feel free to post them on our Facebook page. We love hearing from you guys. And um, one other thing I wanted to quickly mention before we launch in is that what helps keep us broadcasting week after week are our premium podcast members. And for those of you who watch on Facebook or listen to our podcast, you may not know about our premium membership model because it is on Gumroad, which is an app that you can get for your phone or it's a website that you can access online. And we have bonus episodes. So if you're loving the content we put on Facebook, if you are loving the content that we have on our podcast, we have four 40 plus episodes waiting for you as a bonus member and it's $5.99 a month and the more months you buy the cheaper it gets and you can find it on bigdesignsmallbudget.com. So just head over to bigdesignsmallbudget.com for $5.99. You're not only getting access to our bonus episodes which come out once a month and our back archives of I think it's 42 bonus episodes right now, but you're 
you're also going to support us because, you know, creating a podcast and keeping this content fresh every week is not cheap. We pay someone to produce this and um, pay to have it hosted and put up. And your premium membership is what supports that endeavor. So please, if you enjoy this podcast, if you get value from it, the best way to support us is to become a premium member on BigDesignSmallBudget.com and you'll also be receiving a lot for your membership because when you write me with a question and put that you are a bonus member in the subject line, I'm going to answer your question first. I'm going to move it to the top of the pile and the pile is pretty deep. So I must say we're about 30 deep right now and that's why I'm going to launch in and get to your questions right away. All right, guys, here we go. My first question came from Marissa. Marissa writes, Hi, Betsy and team. I love your podcast, and it's the first one I searched to see if you have put out new episodes. I have followed your advice to decorate my home. It's coastal transitional with a theme that has gray, white, navy blue, aqua, and evergreen colors. This brings me to my dilemma. How do I decorate for Christmas? Nothing in my house is red or warm tones. The most is some warm toned wood like my kitchen table. So how do I decorate for Christmas? All I see online is magazines with tartan, red, berries, golds, and tans. It's beautiful, but adding a few throw pillows that are red would clash with my decor. Any ideas? Thanks for your help. And I would love to hear an episode on holiday decorating. That's a very good idea, Marissa. Maybe I will consider that holiday decorating episode because I personally love to decorate for the holidays. And I have some advice that may resonate with you. If you guys have seen my company's logo, Affordable Interior Design, you can see that it is a gradation from deep navy to a pale teal. And it's got some sea foam and some other tones in there, but it's all cool. So for my storefront, every year I decorate our large windows seasonally. And I want the decoration to not only coordinate with the color palette of the brand, but also our town's colors are blue and white. So I want to show my town spirit. And I only decorate in those cooler colors. I don't use red. I don't use green. I don't use orange. I don't even have a green tree. I have a silver tree. So let me tell you what I do. You know, the exciting thing about working with cool tones in the winter is it's the color of coolness, being cold. Snow feels frosty. Blue feels frosty. And there are so many options now for ornaments. And if you look at Home Goods or Kirkland's or Pier One, you're going to find bulbs and tinsel in a variety of colors. It's not just red and green anymore. I love embracing the blues in wintertime. So I put blue twinkle lights, little LED lights on my silver aluminum Christmas tree, which is a super retro throwback. And then I use teal icicles and teal glitter snowflakes uh, for my garland that's hanging in the ceiling of the storefront windows. I've used a sea foam and silver. And these colors, these greens and blues work really nicely together. And I think it can look so much more stylish, so much more like a choice to have your decor match your decorations for the holidays versus just going with that standard Christmas theme of green and red. In fact, 
When I had an apartment on my own, when I was single and didn't have to compromise design-wise, my tree always matched my home, which happened to be blue and orange. Those were my two colors, and then my 10% was a chocolate brown. So my tree was a silver tree, and all my decor, whether it was the garland or the ornaments, was blue or orange or that chocolate brown. I think it looks really chic. I think it can feel more homogenous, especially in a small space. And I think it can still feel like Christmas. It certainly does to me. But now that I have a family and um, really that's the husband that's getting this huge vote, he doesn't want me to use monochromatic lights. He wants the rainbow lights. He wants crazy decorations that you buy at Macy's and every color under the rainbow. And I pick my battles. So I get to choose the day-to-day furniture and he gets to pick my holiday decor. So there you go. But at least my storefront is my outlet where I have crushed blue snowflakes on the ground and white pillar candles and it all feels very um, cool and zen to me. So Marissa, I hope that helped and I will consider a holiday podcast episode. Perhaps that would be a great bonus episode because the reason I can't make it a legit episode is that I have a mailbag of about 30 questions deep and some of these questions for you guys are pressing. You're doing a renovation right now or you're um, painting next week so you really want to get moved up to the top of the line but I'm trying to go in order. All right let's move on to my next question which comes from let's say oh here we go which comes from Sherry. So Sherry writes let's see here. Sherry says, Betsy, I love your podcasts. My husband and I are getting ready to change our countertops and may add a tile backsplash. We're also changing our paint color window treatments and adding recessed lights. And we're going to include a pendant style lantern over the island. As you can see, I have an old Chicago brick arch and terracotta floors which have yellow undertones. My cabinets are painted white dove with a burnt umber glaze. I like white or cream kitchens, but with the brick and the floor color, I'm not sure about what to choose for the countertops. And I want a tile for the backsplash that won't look too busy next to the brick. I like Taj Mahal quartzite, but of course, it's the most expensive of all I've seen. Do you have suggestions for countertops, tile, paint colors, and window treatments that work well with my current brick and floor? Any recommendations would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Sherry. All right, Sherry, so let me quickly describe these images for people who are listening. Uh, Your current kitchen is very warm. It does have that warm rustic brick that surrounds the stove and has this really pervasive arch and feels a little bit dark. It has these nice um, cabinets that are that white dove, which is essentially an off-white with bronze hardware. Right now, it currently has gray countertops, which I think are a problem because everything else is so warm. So your floor tiles are kind of that terracotta glaze that's very light. It's not dark, but at the same time, it has this orangey glow. I'm really glad you're going to choose to repaint because the paint color feels a little bit dark to me. And it's again, sort of a lighter yellower version of terracotta and I think it is making it feel dark. I also think the valance on the kitchen window above the sink 
is eating a third of that window light and making the room feel dark as well. I'm very excited for you that you're adding the recessed cans because you keep hearing me use the D word, your kitchen feels dark. You sent me quite a few pictures and in every picture it just looks a little moody even though none of the colors are particularly saturated. It's just not well illuminated and the choices feel a little less than fresh. For the countertops, what I generally like when you have chosen white cabinets is I generally like for you to do a contrasting countertop because all white kitchens, or in your case, all off-white kitchens, well, they tend to show when you've mixed and matched lots of different tones of off-white. It just looks a little bit off. Uh, same with when you're using lots of tones of pure white because so many of my clients say, Betsy, I want a countertop that has just a little bit of subtle marble veining but is otherwise white. I want to do white cabinets. I want to do a white subway tile backsplash. And white on white on white is not going to be the same tone of white consistently. Even if it is when you purchase it, it's going to age differently over time. And those white cabinets will turn yellow faster than the white subway tile will of course and then you'll be able to see that contrast and it won't look crisp and fresh it will look mismatched so typically I tell people do a countertop that when you squint is a much different color or material than the cabinets in your case this space is dark so I'm wanting to tell you to do a mid-tone countertop um and I think I'm going to stick with that. I still don't want you to go with off-white unless it's got quite a lot of modeling, unless there's a lot of stippling. And I do want you to keep it in this warm family, something that will look good with those terracotta floors and something that will look great with that rustic brick, which has hues of ivory as well as maroon and brown. I'm thinking that you definitely need a tile backsplash. Something that what I would avoid because you have brick in here is I would avoid doing a subway tile or anything that's a horizontal, linear, rectangular, or even square tile because you already have that geometry going on in a very big element in this space. I might be thinking of doing something small like a mosaic, especially because you don't have much backsplash. Looks like it's just maybe 18 inches. Or you could think about doing something like a herringbone where it's a pattern but it goes in a different direction so it's not repeating that linear look. Uh, but the countertops I really want you to closely consider and depending on how long you're going to live here, I'm not upset if they're going to cost you a lot and you love them because uh, renovations are very expensive but you want to do them correctly the first time and countertops are not a place to cheap out even though I do think you could go for a more affordable option on the backsplash. Speaking of the backsplash, I just pulled up one of your pictures where the backsplash goes up around the window and I love that. It's the same in my kitchen and I brought the backsplash on either side of the window. I brought it up above the window and 
every time somebody walks into my space. They say, wow, Betsy, what a cool backsplash. And I got it at Home Depot for $9 a square foot. It's um, that Moroccan type tile in a light blue. And it makes my kitchen. Even though it's a smallish type tile, I would say each one is two inches by two inches. They make a really strong impact when you go all the way up in those areas. Um, I even think that Moroccan style shape could be nice for you here. Uh, because again, it breaks up that geometry of those squares and rectangles that we're seeing with the brick around the stove, which is a lovely feature, but it's also so prominent that we don't want to repeat it elsewhere or else it will become too much of a dose of the same look. So I hope that helped. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. And now let me move right along to Ben. Ben writes, hi, Betsy. I am a fellow podcaster from Calgary. Ben, what's your podcast? Let us know. I'm always looking for new obsessions. You mentioned that you've been listening to my podcast for over a year now. You have a podcast about making existing homes more sustainable, and you're currently employed doing research around sustainable homes. Your last job was building an envelope consulting business focusing on building exteriors. All right. Well, thank you for writing, Ben. You mentioned that, um, well, let me just read it directly. I heard a question that you had on your last episode and was hoping you'd be able to forward a comment to that listener in Israel. They were talking about how to make their roof cooler to reduce their cooling loads. Most tile roofs are installed over a strapping that is fastened onto the roof structure. The strapping typically is only about an inch or two inches thick. If they were to have another contractor increase the thickness of the strapping to 4 or 5 inches with an opening along the bottom edge of the roof and similar openings towards the top peak of the roof and ensure that they had appropriate screening to keep insects and other animals out, I'm not sure what kind there is in Israel, it would make a huge impact in preventing their home from getting hot. It would provide a decent path for convective cooling before the heat got into the building. I'm not sure of the exact building methods over there, but they should talk to their local builders about this and see what can be done similar to this. Sorry for the long run-on sentences. I only have a couple minutes to send this to you this morning, and I didn't want to forget. 
Ben. Ben, thank you so much for sending this. As you know, I am not a builder and I had very little expertise for this lady. So I hope she is listening and taking notes because that was very thorough and I really got a vision of what you were talking about in my head. Uh, And I love it, listeners. When you have something that you want to share or you have an idea, please keep them coming. You can either post them on Facebook or you can send them to me at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. I love hearing what you're working on, ideas that you have based on my comments. If you don't like all blue holiday decor, if you don't think you should splurge on countertops, Tell me. Uh, I love a healthy debate. And Ben, I also love expert opinions on things like cooler tile roofs. All right, let's move on to the next question. The next question comes from Madge. Hi, Betsy. I love your show. I love the podcast. And I hope you can help me today, please. When we bought our house, our builder did not have stair treads that match the wood floor. They told us just to pick a light wood tone that we could stain later. It's now five years later and we have no idea what to do. Do we paint the banister and treads black? Do we try to match the downstairs wood tone? Do we use a carpet stair runner and leave it as is? I hate the orangey light oak. The second floor is carpeted, all the bedrooms upstairs, and we have two kids and a cat that are always running up and down the stairs. So we definitely need an option that can take lots of wear and tear. I've included pictures. By the way, that's my son who is there always playing Fortnite. (laughs) Do you have, uh, oh, excuse me. Also, do you have ideas for that light oak TV stand? Thank you so much. All right, I do have ideas. So you sent lots of good pictures, and I can see that your son is very engrossed in his video games. My son is too. He's currently just on Minecraft, but I'm sure Fortnite is not far behind. Uh, Okay, so your stairs have that light wood tone, and then they have painted white risers. So the tread is that light wood tone as you described and the riser is the white that's been painted. But the main floor at the bottom is a cherry wood that is very red, very rich, obviously a strong departure from the tread of the stairs. And then you have told me that upstairs it's all carpeted so we don't have to worry about a wood stain there. My recommendation is that you well i have a couple i have a couple of recommendations these stairs are quite a prominent feature because they get larger as they go towards that bottom living space they are not just diminutive small stairs that nobody is paying attention to this stain difference does stick out like a sore thumb uh it's also very conspicuous because of the banister i would highly recommend that you stain the tread, as well as the banister, and the same cherry finish of the floors in that bottom living area. I do think because your stairs get so much action that you need a carpeted runner. Um, I think that just for safety's sake because I know my kids and myself in our socks going up and down stairs like this, we had stairs like this, uh, we were slipping all the time. And I don't know how the previous homeowner didn't have a carpeted runner on our stairs because it was like a slip and slide. So I put one on and the key when your stairs get a lot of 
action, right, whether it's the kids or the pets or you, is that it wouldn't be too high a pile. It wouldn't be too plush a carpet. Because the more plush the carpeting, the more you can see where maybe the center part gets a lot of the main traffic and then the outer parts don't get as much. So you'll kind of see this textural differentiation in height, which we do not want. The other key is to pick something with a pattern. So if it does get stained, if somebody spills their hot cocoa on the way from the kitchen to their bedroom, well, it won't be as conspicuous. Now, I don't do anything too dark like navy or black because it shows every piece of hair, lint, furball, whatever. And I don't do anything too light like white or cream because of course it's going to show a lot of stains. So I do something mid-tone with a pattern. For me, I have like a slate blue on my stairway runner that has a gray overlay geometric pattern. It could have more pattern, right? More colors, which would be even more stain concealing. But instead, my mentality was that I wanted to pick one that I really loved and I'm open to changing it out in five to seven years when it gets trashed. Because the ones that were super patterned, more like a Persian style pattern or something that had a lot of colors, they just weren't my jam. I didn't find one that I responded to. And I really don't like those natural fiber runners like a jute or a sisal. They're just not comfortable to me. Sure, if I wanted... Um, foot exfoliation, that might be a nice choice, but I want something plush. I want something that's going to aesthetically match my style and the rest of my space. And so I went with something that's kind of a tone on tone, which is not as forgiving as that multicolored pattern I was just referring to, but it's very chic. It's lasted for three years with two kids. Um, how old are they now? Six and seven. Uh, and I think I'll get at least five more years out of it. Now, just because I'm saying this, you're saying, Betsy, well, if I carpet these stairs, will I really need to go to the expense of changing the stain if you're only going to see the sides? My answer is yes. You are going to see a significant amount of the sides, at least three inches on either side. Only the center of the stairs will be carpeted. You're not going to carpet from side to side on these stairs especially because they go all the way down and expand as you go further down. So it would look really weird to fully cover these. I think you still need to stain that. And that way, if you do change out your runner in seven years, like I'm going to, you won't necessarily have to worry that you're going to have the stair issue again, right? So Madge, I hope that helped. And thanks for sending these pictures. They really nicely clarified your situation and let's answer that very final question about your entertainment unit so you have this very large entertainment unit that is light wood like the treads of your stairs um to me, I mean, I don't know exactly how you wanted me to change this unit. It looks like it mostly has display, not a ton of storage besides where the implements go in that console component. It seems to me like the towers flanking other, either side and the bridge across the top are really just for decor. To me, you know, I don't think that your furniture has to match your flooring, so I don't think that you had to do cherry wood, but that cherry wood is so dark and so red that this piece does kind of stick out. If you felt you needed a unit, I would be more inclined to do one in a white wood, which I think would help the space to feel a little bit less dark and a little bit less wood heavy. 
Or I would just go for a TV console, just the base, which will maybe be a more contemporary look. And like I mentioned, it seems like the base is the only thing doing the heavy lifting in terms of storage needs. So Madge, that would be my recommendation. All right, guys. Well, it has been great talking to you today. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. I hope whether you're decorating in blue or red or purple or green, that you are having a delightful, colorful, fully decorated um, December. And I will catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.